Hey guys, welcome to the Corey Lee Show. I have a super excited episode today that you're about to listen to. But before you take a listen, I just want to give you a quick disclaimer here, okay? This episode features an interview I did with Nico Lagan and is definitely probably, I would say, the most controversial episode I've done up until this point. Nico is an entrepreneur and a self-proclaimed bold advocate for men's rights in a world where traditional masculinity is often misunderstood and suppressed. And he also has this tagline of not your traditional Christian. And so with that said, he shares some strong opinions about a wide variety of topics in this episode that some may disagree with and may even feel offended about. He uses a good bit of explicit language throughout our conversation that I want to prepare you for as well, because if you've been listening to my podcast for a bit, you know that that's not typically my norm. But I also want any guest that comes onto this podcast to be themselves and not have to put on a front or a show or, or anything like that. I want them to be them their authentic self. And so here's what I'll say before we get into this episode. Just because I don't agree with someone, it doesn't mean I still can't position myself in such a way to learn from them. Y'all, it doesn't matter a person's race, political views, age, or gender. I personally, this is me, a core value of mine is growth. And I believe that if I position my heart in such a way to learn from somebody and to hear their perspective, I may actually catch something that will cause me to grow. See, everybody I meet has a lesson and experience and observation that I can learn from if I'm just willing to listen and position myself as a student and as a learner. I'll just tell you, for me, this my biggest takeaway from this episode, and for me personally, is that Nico says in our conversation, he says that he's got a bunch of rough edges, right? And as I thought about his story, and as I thought about that, I thought, Wow. You know, I got a bunch of rough edges as well. And you know, it's such a beautiful thing that it is by grace that Jesus Christ saved my life. And it is by that same grace that he takes me by the hand. And as I journey through this life of relationship with him, that he actually starts to trim back those rough edges to create something beautiful. So, hey, here's our episode. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Corey Lee Show, guys. Uh, I believe you're going to have to fasten your seatbelt today. Today's going to be an awesome, awesome episode. I got a new friend, Nico Lagan, on with us today. And just to kind of give you an idea of who Nico is, uh, Nico, he's been featured in Times Square. He's an entrepreneur, men's coach. He's an author, and he's also the host of a controversial podcast, The Nico Lagan Show. And uh, much like me, he grew up without having a masculine feel, uh, male figure in his life. And so without that kind of guidance, he actually associated with and idolized the wrong kind of men for making the shift into who he is today, the champion, the world changer, the leader he is today. He idolized the wrong kind of men, and it uh, caused him to live a life of an uh, addict and a drug dealer. And I one of, the, one of his hot topics that he likes to talk about that we're going to jump into today is masculinity and how it is under attack in today's society. Uh, I like how he fearlessly champions men. So Nico, welcome to the Corey Lee Show, man. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I think our conversation is going to be good uh, and looking forward to it. And so, sir, kind of kind of told a little bit about your bio, but um, you're traveling the country right now. You're going all over. You're, you're encouraging men. 
can to step up to the plate, breaking down that walls of, you know, how we've been under attack, those kind of things. But man, take us on the journey. How did you get to where you are today? You know, it's interesting. I don't, I think that if it wasn't for my dad leaving, I, I don't think, I know for a fact that if it wasn't for my dad leaving when I was 14, I wouldn't be here today. Like the lot, you know, it, it's very interesting how it has molded the rest of my life, understanding all the mistakes that I've made, understanding the life that I lived. As you said, I was an addict. I sold drugs. I was not a good person. And getting out of it and starting to take accountability for my actions to say, you know what, if my life sucks, it's my fault. I don't, I can't choose the the cards that I was dealt. I can't choose the fact that as you, you can't choose the fact that you have a father present or not. It's not something you can choose as a kid. You, it's not up to you. That's out of your control. Don't, but those are the cards that you're dealt. Is that an excuse to be an for the rest of your life? No, that doesn't give you the right to become that type of person. It's a choice, right? Yeah. And until you get accountable for your actions, you won't change that. You will never realize how bad of a person you are. And, you know, th this is what happened to me when I was 14. My dad left within a year. I was a high school dropout. I was on my way to becoming an addict. Eventually, I did become an addict. I did become an alcoholic. I did become a thief. I did become a thug. I stole from people that I love. I hurt a lot of people that I loved. I didn't care about anybody else except me. I was extremely selfish. And you know, it's it's funny because today we hear expressions like toxic masculinity and they look at guys like me. I'm 210 pounds of muscle covered in tattoos and I talk and I speak my mind. This to most people, to say there are gender rules. I believe in gender rules. There are things I'm supposed to do that my girlfriend is not going to be doing. But at the same time, she will do stuff that I don't do. She's better at it than I am. I'm better at stuff than she is. I'm considered toxic. Yet, what's interesting is that the society we live in live in right now was built on the back of greater men than me. Mm -hmm. That were ready to bleed, that were ready to die to build a society so that their family could thrive in. And we take this for granted today and we call guys like me that are more traditional in their views of masculinity toxic. Yet, you know when I was a toxic masculine, when, when I was toxic in my life, when I was a drug addict, when I was selfish, when I didn't care about others, when all I cared about was me. Men are supposed to serve. Men are supposed to help others. Men are supposed to protect and provide for the people that they love. That's what men do. We are the first and last line of defense against everything. This is who we are as men. How is that toxic? How is this toxic when the society that those privileged morons out there right now take for granted only has been built because men were ready to die for it? That's it. It's not your your 15-year-old privileged kid that's built the society. On the contrary, he's probably part of the problem and destroying it. So... You know, it's very interesting when you go through very bad things in your life. You do a lot of bad things in your life. And one day you wake up and one day something happens to you where you're, you know what? You're, you're faced with the reality that you're not a good person. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? You're an bro. You, you can do better than this. But it's extraordinary power when you think about it. To be able to admit to yourself that you're wrong, that gives you your power back to say, okay, my life's it's my fault. What can I do? What, what can I change from now on? If we, if I admit to myself that I am the problem, that means I'm the solution at the same time. If I have the power to destroy my life, I have the power to rebuild it. And this is the beauty in masculinity. If you look at real masculinity, it has the power to build and to destroy. We've built empires and we've destroyed empires. That's what the power of masculine energy is, which is why it's so important to understand what it is, how to manage it, and how to use it for the betterment of mankind. Man, you know, that, that's good. You're telling your story a little bit right there. And I'm actually writing another book. And I was 
in, in the book, um, I've been reading like David and Goliath, right? And so David, before he goes into the battle, uh, he's talking about the people, what are the benefits, right? What are the benefits for the guy who, who gets rid of this dude? And um, his brother starts attacking him for his motives. But he says, isn't there a cause? And I started thinking about that, exactly what you said. And I started thinking about men like George Washington and the founding fathers. And it's like, isn't there a cause? And, and then people like, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, all the people, men who actually stood up and said, isn't there a cause? Isn't there yep. a cause to, to find for. I wanted to ask you though, um, you mentioned like you came to the realization that man, you you were the problem and and if you were the problem, you also the solution. But what I was curious, like what shifted for you? Like how did you come to that revelation for you? You know, it's it's one of those situations that's like the crossroad that you hear about in books, that you hear about in movies. And when when I was younger, I was either 20 or 21. I can't remember. I'm getting old and I've got punched in the face quite often. So my memory is not what it used to be, but, and I've done a lot of drugs too. So that doesn't help either, <laughs> but it's no excuses. I'm just putting the facts out there. So I was either 20 or 21 and um, I had been involved in that drug world for a long time. And I, I had started working with some people that could give me really interesting opportunities. Like instead of selling, I would have been in a production type of situation. So I was getting air quote promotion like it was it was a step up for me right but it turns out that i was not a good tenant like i i had been living by myself since i was 17 and all i did is party and do drugs so you can imagine i was not a great tenant like i would now having ownership of a property that i rent i would not have rented to myself like there's no way not not happening so I was in a situation where I was getting evicted. I had this job opportunity that was on the horizon that wasn't there right at this moment. I was literally going to become homeless. I'm literally sitting on the, the floor of my apartment, my stuff's in boxes, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do from now on? And my phone rang. For some reason, my mother decided to call me. Like I, And you know, the conversation started with a very simple question. Are you happy? And you know, sometimes you're hurting. You, you might not realize it, but Pain and suffering are the greatest of teachers. You always learn from pain and suffering. And I was in the perfect situation where I didn't realize it at the time, but I was hurting. Like I did not know what I was supposed to do. I did not have the proper guidance around me. As a man, you need men to help you, guide you, show you what it is to be a man. We thrive for this. This is something that's coded in our DNA. We look for it. You might not realize it, but we always are looking for people to emulate good people that we believe are good people. And, you know, I was... When I went on that path, I was 14 years old. What the hell did I know about what a good man is? So I'm, but my soul was hurting for good people. And that question alone just put everything back in perspective. Just being asked, are you happy? Because if, like, think about it, it's th there are three words, very, very simple words, but it's not that easy to answer. If you're honest with yourself and you're not just, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. No, no, that's bull. I'm talking, are you happy? Are you really happy where you are in life right now? Are you happy? And I wasn't. And then my mother continued by saying that if you do want to change your life, if you do want to take it, if you do want to do something different, uh, come back home. I can't, I can't pay for anything. Like I, I can give you a roof over your head, but that's it. But you're going to have to work. You're going to have to go back to school. You're going to have to do something. You can't continue doing what you're doing. My mother was aware of what I was doing, not to to the extent, but she knew, like I started that behavior. I was 14 years old. She knew the type of person that I was. And yeah, she gave me an option that I had never considered. This is something that had never, never crossed my mind. And you know, I don't believe in coincidences since that day. I truly believe that God spoke through my mother because my mother did it perfectly. She didn't do it in a way that she attacked me. 
she didn't do it in a way where hey, you're so stupid for doing what you're doing. When are you going to change? You're such a moron. You shouldn't be. No, no. She just asked me a simple question. And, you know, it's interesting because my relationship with my mother is not the best. I don't have the best of relationships with her. It's very confrontational. So she this was kind of out of character. Now that I think about it as a man, I'm like, that's very interesting because it was out of character and the fact that I listened she was out of character and I was out of character so it's like there was somebody playing chess in the background saying okay here's the perfect moment for them to come face to face hmm. and that same night I moved back to my mother's place I within a span of a few months I started attending a meetings and a meetings I stopped doing drugs I finished my high school. I went back to school. Like within two and a half years, I basically graduated high school. I had graduated college. I was no longer an addict. I was not doing drugs anymore. I wasn't really drinking anymore. I wasn't hanging with any of those people because I cut everybody out of my life. I started taking accountability for my actions. I went back to school, got a high school diploma, got my college degree, discovered the gym when I was in college. Now I've been, man, I've been hitting the gym for 21 years straight. Went from 140 pounds to about 210 right now. I discovered martial arts i was bullied when i was uh, as a teenager finally this decided to start understanding how to protect myself stop being a victim and before you know it i was fighting i was stepping in the ring to fight and my last fight was about man nine years ago and i and i won a north american amateur championship in uh, muay thai so you know it's life is very interesting the day you start taking accountability for your actions mm. very very interesting how everything cascades like it's a complete 180 in your mindset and i can sit back today because i'm very mindful about the type of person that i am my flaws my qualities but i take a lot of time to analyze what what have i done i don't believe in coincidences so why is this happening to me what did i do to generate this type of environment good or bad but I, I always pay attention i always understand that there's no coincidences so okay why is this happening what did i put out there that's causing this and it's amazing once you take the time to just analyze everybody that's around you everybody that's entering your life everybody that's been there for a while what are their roles what are they doing what are my roles when it comes to them it's very very interesting but this all started 21 years ago when i first became accountable after being asked a question as simple as are you happy that's powerful the power of a simple question like that, man. How about that? Are you happy? And then I love something else you said. You said uh, how how life changes when you become accountable to your own actions. Man, that's powerful. Uh -huh. And you know, um, some of the some of the listeners they know a little bit of my story. My dad left when I was about three, and I, I did what you did, what you said. I, man, I started watching guys. I started watching men in the community because I didn't have a, a grandfather or anything like that. And I, what I noticed was that there were some guys that they were respected in the community, but not so much in the home, right? Yep. And then there were some that were much much like me, uh, the, what I had experienced, they were fathers, but they weren't fathers, right? Yep. They weren't present. And then other ones that, that were respected in the community and, and in the home. I'd heard, I've heard it said that this generation right now, Nico, is the largest fatherless generation in history where fathers didn't go off to war, right? So fathers are not present or they're not present. 33%, between 33 to 40% right now of young boys, of of teenagers, of young men are raised in a household 
where their father is not present. 33 to 40%, depending on the study that you look at. That's wild, man. And 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 I know you, I mean, this is something you you talk on a good bit. What do you think causes that? Well, you know, that, that that's the thing. We're very fast at blaming fathers for this. Like we're, and, I, and I'm not saying they're not, I'm not saying that they're, I'm not saying that it's not their fault either. I'm a big believer that everything that happens is 50-50. If you and I have a relationship, I'm responsible for 50% of that relationship. You're responsible for the other 50. So, And that goes for any relationship that's out there. So with that in mind, where does it come from? Well, there's... um. There's multiple reasons, in my opinion, and it starts with one, there's a massive bias in the justice system when it comes to family law. Half of weddings end up in divorce today. 90% of custodies are given to mothers. 90% of custodies are given to mothers. Why? Are mothers better parents than men? No, they're not. Actually, the statistics shows the complete opposite. Men do a better job as a single parent than women do. And those those are the numbers. Like you can Google this and you will find out what I'm going to tell you that women do tend to 90% of people that are living on the street right now have been raised by a single mother. If you look at most of the men that are in prison right now, raised by single mothers. If you look at poverty, raised by single mothers. If you look at education, boys that are raised by single mothers do extremely bad in school. They're extremely depressed. They have a bunch of psychological issues because there's a lack of father. Am I saying that women are responsible for this 100%? No. But there's a lot of women out there that play the system that they know that the system, there is, the system is extremely biased towards women, extremely biased because there's this under, there, there's this misconception that women are better parents than fathers, that Mothers are more important to the life of their kids than fathers are. Yet, a mother cannot teach a boy how to become a man. They can. How the f can you teach a boy how to become a man? Boys, unlike girls, girls are a girl become a woman, like a girl's become women by simply getting of age. If you're able to produce kids, if you're able to bear life, we will assume that you're a woman. If you look at men throughout history, not just today, throughout history, boys are born, men are made. You know, Chris Rock said this as a joke, but it's not a joke. He said this in one of his stand-up where dogs, women, and children are the only people that are unconditionally loved. Men are only love in the optic that they bring something to the table. Look at all the divorces out there. They're between 70 and 90%, depending on the education level of the woman, is initiated by women. 70 to 90 percent of divorces are initiated by women 70 percent if they're high school diploma and if they're educated outside like they have further education than high school 90 percent are initiated why because they're not satisfied with what the men brings to the equation and this is a fact this you can feel however you feel is it unfair absolutely but there's a reason why women want two things out of a long-term relationship when it comes to men resources and status. Those are the two number thing, the two number one thing, the two first things women look for. Men, we look for women that are good looking because we assume that good looking means a better mother. Like she will give me better 
children and we want a woman that is loyal we look for loyal because on until about 30 years ago we had no way of knowing that those kids are ours so we wanted to make sure that our women were trustworthy but this is this remove all the fluff remove all the crap that we tell ourselves this is the sad reality but we don't choose and that goes for both men and women are responsible for the situation that we're in right now i'm 41 years old i still don't have kids it's not because i don't want kids it's because i've never met a woman until my girlfriend right now that I would want her children that a woman shared my values she understands that we stand for the same things I know that she's here whatever happens between the two of us we're going to stick to each other is it going to be easy no it's going to be extremely hard it is right now she's in the, the next room and she can probably hear me right now it ain't easy to be in a relationship with her. But you know what? This is the cost that a relationship, this is the cost that it, that you need to pay in order to have a great relationship. And why do you do it? Because you want to be able to provide two parents to your children. You want to have children that were raised. Can you imagine how far? Imagine that 33%, so one out of three boys are raised behind like without fathers so we have at least a third of boys right now that are raised without a father in the house so imagine the ones that are not present because my dad before leaving wasn't present i don't remember a lot of my dad when i was younger so not only was he not present he decided to leave so but how many times does that happen that the father is still there but he's not present in their boy's life he's not taking the time to show him what it is to be a man because chances are he doesn't even know what it is he was never told he was never shown and he's never spent his life trying to figure out what it was this is why i'm so happy i don't have kids right because if I had kids 20 years ago, I would have raised the next generation of fatherless men because I wouldn't have been able to tell them what it was to be a man. I was not in a right place mentally to raise boys and girls to become good people. I wasn't there because I didn't even know what it was to be one. But this is where we sit right now. So, you know, men and women are as responsible for what's going on right now. But yeah. I would say that women are even more responsible because they have more power when it comes to the family. They have, right now, the system is biased towards them. You know, you look at, and this is funny because feminists don't like this, but if you look at the right of voting, it's not women that were asking for it. It's men that gave them. If you look throughout history, women did not really ask for them because you know why? If you wanted to be able to vote, that means you needed to be able to be drafted. This is one of the consequences of voting. This is why men were only able to vote because they had to be drafted. If you're allowed to choose your government, that means your government can send you to war. That was the consequences of that, uh, of that privilege of voting. Women did not want to do that. And ask most women today. Okay, cool. You know what? There's probably a World War III coming. You want to be able to vote? No problem. That means you're going to be drafted. Yeah, maybe I don't want to be voting, right? And this is where it gets interesting. We have roles to play. We need to admit that there are roles to our gender. Men do things that women don't, and women do things better that men don't. That's why it takes two to create life. Yeah. We're supposed to play that role. Women are supposed to teach emotional intelligence. They're supposed, like, especially when it comes to young boys, our mothers are our first love, first, first feminine love. There's there's some studies showing that about 70% of men look for their mothers in their their sexual and relationship partners. That's messed up, bro. When you think <laughs> about it, that's really messed up. But if your mother was a very emotionally available woman, chances are your relationships are great. Chances are that you know how to show love to your partner. You know how to be open with your partner. I don't have that skill. This is not something that my mother taught me. This is something that I have to deal with every day that try to 
get better. And it's not just me. You look at my sister that's just a year and a half younger than I am. She is not very feminine when it comes to that. She's extremely masculine in her energy, in the way that she handles relationships. She's not a very emotional person. She's not very in touch. She's not very feminine in the way that she deals with her emotion. Where does that come from? It's nurture. It's the way you were brought up. Now, is it an excuse for me to be shitty to my girlfriend? No, it's not. I have to do better all the time. Mm -hmm. But this is my point. This is supposed to be taught in the same way as the man is supposed to be more disciplined. He's supposed to approach life in a more logical way to make his kids understand. Listen, you want to do this? No problem. You want to act like a little all the time no problem but there's gonna be consequences women are not normally the ones that deal consequence they, they deal discipline that's a that's a very masculine role to do and that's how it should be kids 50 years ago they would have never dared talk back to their fathers why because they knew there was a smack coming out of it there was something there's a consequences to those actions and that's masculine you know, Nigo, what I what I hear and everything that you're saying right there is obviously men and women are different and, and we each play bring something different to the table. And I, I truly believe that the family unit is what's going to lead to transformation in communities and in, in the traditional family unit, because my, my wife and I, we've got three kids. She brings something different to the table that each one of our kids need. I bring something different to the table that each one of them need. But together, man, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Something you said in there that um, in your story or you're talking right there is that you need some man to show you what it looks like to be a man. And, mm -hmm. um, you know what? I've had to kind of figure that out as I've, I've we've got two boys and I'm actually learning on the fly of what that looks like. You know what that looks like to teach them to be honorable, te teach them the, what it looks like to be valued, teach them what it looks like to treat a woman right, what it looks like to step up in society and culture and and to do things with honor. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's something that I, I've been trying to learn myself. So, yeah, I would love to tee you up real quick on maybe the other side of the, the coin a little bit. But something that really bothers me and, and, and reason it bothers me, Nico, is because of something that that was a challenge for me. And that's passivity and indifference in in males. Right. And so I'd love to tee you up on maybe the <clears throat> other side of the coin where, the, where it's the men who are laying down the responsibility. And I just hand mm -hmm. you the mic and you just flow with it. Uh, any word to encourage them <laughs> to pick it up and say, Step up. It, it, it all starts with you. At yeah. the end of the day, men are supposed to lead. Mm -hmm. This is your responsibility as a man. And be a I'm a Christian. The Bible talks about it all the time. Men are supposed to lead. You are disposable, bro. Whoever's listening to this, you are disposable. You come second to your family and your loved ones. This is your responsibility. You need to inspire people. You need to lead by example. You need to be courageous. You need to have the to do what needs to get done when it needs to get done. This is on you. It's Is it fair? No, but that's your role. You're bigger, you're stronger, you're faster, you're more, you know what? You're more aggressive by nature. Your job is to protect. Is it fair? No, but that's the, that is why God made us this way. We are meant to take care of others. We're meant to serve and we forgot this. We're selfish. And this is where it starts again. Look at all the problems in society and they don't have to do anything with what we're talking about right now. They could be anything. Name me a problem. I will show you somebody that is not accountable. I will show mm -hmm. you somebody that's a victim. I'll show you somebody that don't want to do their job. Every single problem in society stems down to accountability. Be accountable. You want to start from the beginning, go in the mirror and call your, and, 
and look at yourself for what you are. Not what you want to be, but what you are as a person. Are you courageous? I, I'm writing my second book on the five virtues of a good man. The first one is courage. 100%. As a man, you need to be courageous. You need to be able to stand up for what you believe in. That, that doesn't mean you need to be jumping in fires, rescuing little children from burning. That's well. If you do, all the power to you. You should be able, if you're ever in that situation, you should be ready to do that. But this is not what I'm saying. It applies to every part of your life. To say you have an opinion, stand for it. You have values in your heart that you know to be true, stand up for it. Who cares what other people think? Not your problem. You don't control what others do. You control your action. Don't be a Stop being a and be a man. And this is what we see today. Most men are not ready to be men. Oh yeah, but this, no, no, Okay, it's not fair. Sure, no problem. Life sucks. You don't know that yet? You haven't figured this out for yourself yet that life is hard, that life is unfair, that life sucks. So what? Accept this. This is your role. Your role is to take charge, is to lead, is to be courageous. That's where it starts. But you can't do anything if you don't first start by being accountable. This is where it starts. Man, you owe you. I think that's uh, what's the name says. You owe you. I like that. Hey, I don't uh even think you owe you. You owe your children. Because most people don't want to do it for themselves. You know, there were studies that were coming out that were saying that if you go to the hospital and you're given medication because you have something wrong with you, the ratio of people that would take that medication was lower than if they would bring their pets to the vets and they give and gave had to give them medication. They We take better care of others than we do of ourselves. So understanding psychology, it's not about you. It's about your children. It's mm -hmm. about your family. You don't have some right now, no problem. But be the man that they're going to need. And don't do it for that. yourself. Do it for the people that will depend on you. I like that. I want to ask you this, Nico. On your tagline, it, it says, not your average Christian. Yeah, brother. What, what do you mean by that, uh, Nico? <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I, I want to start speaking about my faith more and more. It's something, it, it, you know, it's something I'm going to be involved for the rest of my life. The last 13 months of traveling has really opened my eyes on a lot of things. Like I've been spiritual for a long time. Like I've been, I was involved in Buddhism for a very long time. And as I spent, I spent two and a half years in the woods, like before leaving about a year ago, I lived in the middle of nowhere. And one of the, one year and a half of that, I was alone with my dog. And it gives you a lot of perspective on life. Like I've always been spiritual, but I started really looking within and more and more it makes sense but i'm very rough around my edges like i swear i stand for things that are not soft i don't have soft words for a lot of things mm. i'm very adamant about things and unfortunately christians today are soft christians we had the pope with transgenders people dancing on stage with him like what the f is going on here no no but what the f is going on here but this is what's happening right now so when i say i'm not your typical christian because i'm i'm the one that's going to call you a bull it, it bothers me that we're soft you know andrew tate said that christianity is soft and that's why he transitioned to become a muslim you know what the muslim religion i don't align with but i understand what he's saying because the, the muslim religion is extremely hard they are hard men i'm not saying good men i'm saying hard men they believe in things i don't believe in but god damn are they ready to do what needs to get done as per their beliefs and i understand why somebody like andrew tate would say that that's a good religion because hard men are hard mm. and there's a massive mis misconception about the bible and even about jesus christ himself people think that guy was a hippie are you f kidding me are you f kidding me people think that that guy would be sitting under a tree with a guitar today doing drugs and just 
Ooh, love and peace, bro. Uh, no, he's the type of guy that went against the Pharisees to say, you guys are wrong to a point where they killed him. That dude was as hard as a man that he could without using violence. It's extraordinary. I cannot even comprehend what it takes to do what he did. Cannot comprehend. But there's a massive misconception to think that that guy was soft. That guy was not soft at all. And I started recording some uh, some interviews and I'm going to do more and more of them with people that are heavily involved in Christianity. So either pastors, I'm non-denominational. Like I, I, I just want to learn more about the Bible and to speak about the Bible. I don't care about the sex within it. I don't care. But I, I know some people that are ex-military. They're very involved. I know people that are pastors. I know people that are preachers. I have people that are missionaries that's been all around the world. And those are the type of people I want to sit down with and just share their opinions so that I can help be a bridge between what I was five years ago. I have, I have questions. I wanted answers. I didn't know what exactly I was looking for. So hopefully... I can go that way. And this is what I mean by not being a typical Christian. I will never apologize for the way I speak. I will never apologize for my for my beliefs because they align with Christianity. And I, I'm starting to see it because now I'm starting to try to book myself on podcasts that are more Christian. I've had two this week that canceled me last minute that were Christians. Mm. And I challenged them. I'm like, you know what? No problem. You don't want me on your show? No problem. Please tell me why. Please tell me why you're telling me that I'm not a fit for your show. I'm a Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in Christianity and I'm trying to better men. What am I doing that you don't agree with? Shouldn't you instead be challenging me to say I'm doing something wrong or trying to help me because that's what Jesus Christ would have wanted. So what I'm trying to, what I'm starting to see here is that even pastors, especially pastors in Christianity are a bunch of that don't have the to stand up for what Jesus Christ told them because they're too they're too focused on catering to people that don't even care about your religion. Mm. That don't even, that will never become Christian. They don't even care about what you have to speak about. You know, one of my buddies said that years ago, and it has nothing to do with Christianity, it's just a saying that he has that there's some knowledge that is not meant to be shared or to be understood by everybody, because in order for them to understand it, you would have to water it down to a point that it would lose all meaning. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening with Christianity. This is exactly what's happening right now, and it bothers me. So this is why I'm not your typical Christian, because I'm not a goody-two-shoe guy that's lived that, that was raised down south where religion is everywhere. I come from a divorced family that I've entered church maybe five times in my life prior to last year. So does that answer your question? That I went on a rant again. <laughs> Come on, Nico. Uh, man, you answered my question. And and I, one of the things I love what you said is, uh, so I don't know if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts or not, but it's heavily Christian uh, oriented. And I mean, it's business. Most people who listen are entrepreneurs and we talk about business, but it ends up talking about, about Jesus. And one of the things I love what you said is that most people think that Jesus was soft, man. He is not soft and you hit it. And even with, you were talking about the book that you're working on, uh, Courage. Like if you want to look at courage, look at look at that guy, right? Like he he not only took on the Pharisees, he took on uh, you know the politics of the day. He took on like he goes in and like throws over the money changers, but he would also say things that were offensive and not correct the people in their offense that hold held offense to him. You know he he said things that uh, one time um, he stands up says like uh, you know if you're gonna follow me, you gotta eat my flesh and drink my blood, and there was a spiritual significance to that. Yep. But they took offense to it 
but he didn't correct their offense. You know, he let them go on. So. You know, I saw a video yesterday. I should, I think I saved it on my phone where you have a preacher, at least he's a street preacher. I don't know if he runs a, a church or anything, but he's in the street talking to people and he's saying, he's looking at this lesbian couple, a white girl and a black girl. And he asks, he's like, do you, what would happen if one of your friends was a racist? Is she, they're both, they're outraged. They're like, are you kidding me? I would cut them out of my life. Okay, so what would happen if they were a rapist? What, they were this. And he starts just saying, sinful thing after sinful thing she's like oh no 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 no! those people can't have that in my life no 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 he's like you know what i have friends that are racist i have friends that were part that were part of the kkk or that still are part of the kkk i have friends that were convicted rapists i have friends that's done a lot of bad things i'm supposed to show compassion i'm supposed to do what jesus christ has done and if you look at what jesus christ did he did not surround himself by good people all the people that he had around him were extreme sinners why because those are the people that need him. And again, this is why we were under the, 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 the misconception that Jesus Christ was a soft guy. But yet he did what people did not have the to do. And you know what's interesting is my, so my five virtues are being courageous, being a protector, being a provider, having temperance, and having faith. Those are my five pillars of a good man. And I've been struggling for a long time to try to figure out which one comes first. Because the way I think about it, courage comes first. Especially in the world today, it's hard to have faith if you're not courageous. It's Because if you believe in Jesus Christ, that means you're supposed to talk about it. You're supposed to be, you're, you're not just supposed to go on at church on Sundays and then the rest of the, the week it doesn't matter. No, no, you're supposed to talk about him. You're supposed to preach the gospel. You're supposed to help people through his words. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So that takes courage to do that. But I'm always debating myself, is faith, does faith come first or is it courage that comes first? And I asked one of the pastors at the church that we found here in Alabama and he's like, man, that's a good question. He didn't even have an answer for me. He's like, I don't know. I don't know which one comes first and especially in today's world, right? Yeah. And it's amazing because you need courage to have faith today, which is very strange to me. It's yeah. very, very strange because there's nothing easier than to have faith if you ask me mm, yeah yeah I, man I, I was actually just sitting here thinking on that question you just you just kind of pose like what comes first courage or faith and and i think a lot of time i was just sitting here thinking my initial thought was well you gotta have faith but then a lot of times <laughs> faithful actions man it takes courage to take faithful action you know what i'm saying like sometimes to take a take a step where there's a lot of uncertainty there uh and so anyway man that's, a, that's an interesting question i yeah. love i love theology because i'm a big fan of psychology and philosophy to me the three that that's all i read about like i i read I, i've read hundreds of books and they're always about one of them mm. because to me theology is philosophy mm. theology like you look at the bible it is life philosophy you're looking at it and you see a lot of the psychological aspect of humankind in there too so mm. whatever questions that you have you can turn on to the bible and just say okay what what am i supposed to do here what am i supposed to do here so it, it's a brilliant it's um it's a brilliant book it is yeah uh you know, uh, one last thought I had on that, Nico, is, you know, you talk about Jesus and, and the softness and uh, definitely wasn't soft. He came to save people who who hated him, who did not care about him uh, so that they could have life. And it's a it's a powerful thing. Another thing I thought about was you, you mentioned you have rough edges, right? I, I love that, man. I, I love that about you. That's the uniqueness of you. And, and there are people that that you'll be able to speak into their lives that I will never be able to and other people yep. won't be able to. But you'll be able to reach them because of those rough edges, right? But I've also noticed in my own life, this is my own experience, that I've got my own rough edges too. And the ones that are unnecessary, uh, it's a beautiful journey that Jesus takes me on through his spirit to, to kind of clip those and to form those and shape those into how to how to serve him. And um, man, I, yeah. 
So anyway. But you're bang on because I know the type of, I talk a lot about politics. I talk a lot about things, masculinity. This is why I think my faith works so well with masculine men because there is like, I'm a big fan of the Daily Wire. Like I, I love their news. I'm always on their website looking at a lot of my content is inspired by the type of stuff that they put out there as in the, the way they report the news. Right. But then I look at a guy like Ben Shapiro. I look at a guy like Jordan Peterson. I look at a guy like uh, Matt Walsh. All men I could break with one hand. They're not masculine men. They're brilliant, absolutely brilliant individual when it comes to their minds, but they don't represent manly men, the physical manly men of yesterday. Mm. They don't. They And I want to play that role. This is why like one of my, my best friend always describes me as a mix of Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson. I, I was a sales engineer for 12 years. That means I took extremely high technical concepts and I explained it to customers in a way that it would make sense in layman's term, if you will. So I am the type to read very advanced texts like what Jordan Peterson talks about all the time, his books and Nietzsche and the books that he makes reference to and put them into context. And mm -hmm. the same thing goes with the masculine part, the physicality of what it is to be a man. Mm -hmm. So I, I, this is the people I want to talk to. Yeah. I want to talk to guys that are masculine men that look at those guys that are telling us to be more masculine, but they're like, bro, you're not masculine at all. <laughs> you, you might you, you might sound masculine, but if I wanted to do something to you, brother, I got an answer. You're not going to like it because I could do whatever the hell I wanted with you. Let but me ask you something are, real quick. Can, can, yep. like, how would you define uh, masculinity? In which context? And so so the context that you're talking about, like I, I, want, I want to raise up masculine men. Like what does yep. that look like? Yeah. So th this is why I came up with the five virtues of a good man. It's based on stoic principles. I'm a big fan of stoicism. And let me say this out loud. I didn't invent anything. The principles that I talk about, nobody invented this. This has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it's going to be there way after we die. Until humankind exists, these principles are going to be true. I just took old principles and I kind of repackaged them in a way that makes sense to people today. Because at the end of the day, that's what we do as storytellers. We take stories, we make them palatable for our audience so that they can understand what we're talking. They can relate to what we're saying. And so I came up with the five virtues of a good man, which is courage. Simple enough. You need courage. Whatever. As a man, if you want to do something, if the end goal of a man is to become a leader, you need to be courageous first and foremost. Mm -hmm. This is where it starts. Because taking accountability for your actions starts with courage. Looking at yourself in the mirror takes courage. Living your values takes courage. Standing up for the people that needs to be stand up for takes courage. So everything, and as we said, faith. In a world like today where Christianity is looked down on, if you want to be a Christian, guess what, brother? It's going to take you courage. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. So courage is the foundation of what a good man is. Then you have the protecting aspect, becoming a protector. And this goes further than just learning how to fight, learning how to defend your family. I see it more as a breakdown of the body. The, the When I started changing my life in my 20s, one of the things, if not the thing that changed me the most is taking control of my body, realizing that I was able to control the way that I look. And by controlling the way that I look, I started 
feeling differently. My mind starting to be extremely different because look at what's going on today. You have 42% of the population is obese. Mm -hmm. 30% of the population is overweight. Less than 28% or 28% of people are in okay shape. We're not saying like me with a six pack. We're saying you're in okay shape. That's messed up, man. That's mm -hmm. really messed up. And let me tell you why it's messed up. Uh, Cardone, the, the sales guru there was speaking about it with a friend of mine on a podcast and he was saying that it one out of 10 americans is a millionaire but less than one percent of american have visible abs we're not talking three percent body fat you're a bodybuilder here we're talking visible abs you lift your shirt and it looks like you have somewhat of abs it's 10 times harder to have abs than it is to become a millionaire that's mm. messed up that's really really messed up because it's totally up to you it is a hundred percent how you treat your body and that is a power that you belong that that you have and you know, like we were saying earlier, we take better care of others than we do ourselves. We treat our cars better than we do our own bodies. Most people treat their bodies like a dumpster and they wonder why they feel like trash. So being a protector is that. Yes, you need to learn martial arts. You need to learn how to defend your family because that will be your responsibility. Even if you don't have kids today, you're supposed to be the first and last line of defense against evil and you're supposed to protect your family. But it starts with you taking care of yourself of eating properly, hitting the gym, being in a physical a physical condition that can allow you to learn martial arts, to learn how to fight with knives, to learn how to use guns, how to defend yourself against guns. That is something that is your job as a man to learn. Then you have becoming a provider and provider is attached to your mind. Because if you look at the principle of being a provider, what does it mean? Okay, yeah, you want to make as much money as possible so that you can provide the best life you can to your children. Awesome. So that's a responsibility of a man. To provide, to make sure that your family is well taken care of that's your job so you need to protect them you need to provide for them but it goes further than just money it goes with providing you know i don't like the word safe space but there's one time that it's okay the expression safe space is okay when it comes to your house as a man, you're supposed to be able to create an environment where your children can live in and prosper. And kids cannot prosper if they're in survival mode. So you need to, they need to, to feel safe when they're at home. Once they cross that, that front door, though, there's no such thing as fairies and unicorns. But behind that closed door, as a man, you're supposed to protect it. You're supposed to have the courage to protect it. And you're supposed to be able to provide that environment where your kids can thrive. There's research that came out, and I should learn the sources of them, but I just can't remember right now. But they were showing that in order for a woman as a mother to do her roles properly, she needs to feel safe. So that means that as a man, that's your job. You want your mother, you want your the mother of your kids to be able to be the best mother that she can be. You have to provide her a space where she can do it. And that's your job. Job of a man is hard, man. Yeah. Our job. <laughs> you know, there, there was a, an article about this girl that became a man. Like she was a transgender man. She committed suicide within a year. She couldn't believe how hard it was to be a man. Mm -hmm. It is hard to be a man. Women take it so for granted that you can show me the ugliest woman out there and I'll show you a guy that's ready to sleep with her. Turn that around for a guy. Never going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think right now it's 40% of men never get a chance to becoming fathers. It's mm -hmm. messed up. It's really, really messed up. But all to say that as a man, you're supposed to be courageous. You're supposed to be a, a protector. You're supposed to provide both financially and emotionally. You're supposed to provide that space where your wife, the mother of your children can prosper. Then you need to have temperance. And I think this is one of the biggest problems that we have today. Men are being sold the idea that you get to be emotional just like women are. But that's...
That's not true at all. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be emotional whatsoever. On the contrary, but you need to know when and where. That safe space I was just talking about, that's where you can be emotional. Be emotional with your children. Be emotional with your wife. You know, a man is a man is a woman's rock while a woman is a man's weakness. We're supposed to be stoic because if we're stoic, if we control our emotions, we're giving the opportunity and the space for a woman to be emotional. Feminine, feminine energy is emotional energy. Women are not logic by nature. Men are logic by nature. Try to explain to... You know, last time your wife came up to you and she was pissed off about whatever thing, whatever happened to her, she's not happy. And you try to use logic. Oh, but you know, you could just simply do that next time it happens. She doesn't care about your answers. All she wants is to vent. All she wants is to let her emotion run wild. Your job as a man is to be stoic and just say, you know what? Listen, not that easy. I struggle with that too, bro. Not something that's that's easy to do. But at the end of the day, that's what women want. They want to be able to be emotional. You can't have two emotional people in the same relationship. So guess what? bro it's on you to be stoic control your emotions or they will control you and then the fifth one is faith and you know i like to explain faith in something that's not necessarily religious although when i talk about it it's religious but it doesn't necessarily need to be so for the sake of our argument we'll just call it believe let's change the word faith by believe if you want to build self-confidence self-confidence sorry you need to first believe that you're capable of achieving whatever you put your mind to if you want to create a new relationship a new meaningful relationship with someone you need to first believe that they are the person they say they are and if you want to find purpose in life you need to first believe that you were born for a reason that you were put here for a reason you need to believe in something greater than you call it god call it the universe call it nature i don't even care but at the end of the day you need to believe and that's what faith is if you want to build self-confidence have faith in yourself if you want to build meaningful relationship have faith in others if you want to fight life purpose have faith that god puts you here for a reason it's really that simple but that's what that's why faith is so important and i don't put it as the fifth virtue of a good man because it's the least important i put it because faith wraps everything together like being a protector is controlling your body being a provider is controlling your mind becoming tempered and having faith is about spirituality about putting your body mind and spirit together making sense of things trying to understand the things that you can't understand and have faith that the things you don't understand happen for a reason man nico man that was a a bunch of good stuff right there and i'll be honest with you a lot of the stuff you talked about is uh, stuff that probably our listeners have not heard and there's probably going to be some people listening that you know they've got questions or they want to they want to connect with you they want to find out more about your content they want to follow you what is the best way for people to get in touch with you nico nicolagan.com all my socials are there so yeah all my stuff is there nice so i'm i'm on all social media you can look for real nico lagan on everywhere you'll find me but if you want a place where everything is nicolagan.com is the best place awesome nicolagan.com we'll have that in the show notes uh below nico man thank you for your time thank you for sharing your heart thank you man i can just feel your passion uh and, and you just call them <laughs> in to elevate man i, I think it's great man I, I, people of passion they move people to action right and and whether you know people can agree people can disagree with some of the things that, that you talked about and that's cool right i love the fact that you're confident in who you are and you're committed to what you believe 
believe in and and that passion, man, I'm just, I think it elevates passion, elevates the people around you. So thank you for your time today, man. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing your heart today, man. Thanks for giving me the platform, brother. I really appreciate your time. Well, guys, thank you for taking a listen to the Corey Lee show. And again, if you, if you want to connect with Nico, we've got the, uh, his link in the show notes below. If he's shared anything that stood out to you that you have, uh, that you want to share with him, man, I uh, would love to comment below. We would share that with him. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, so you can stay up to date with the latest episodes of The Corey Lee Show. Appreciate you guys. Hope you have an awesome day and God bless.